welcome in, Eagles fans, to another edition of the Lockdown Eagles podcast. As always, brought to you by the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Louis DiBiase here joining you, as always. And I'm, I'm feeling pretty good today. I'm kind of detoxing from all of this Jalen Hurts talk and all the distractions that the national media is taking and running with, and Donovan McNabb won't shut up about it, and you know Howie Roseman's been on the radio tour the past couple days. You guys know my stance on it. If you don't, then go back and watch my live uh, Twitter feed during day two of the NFL Draft, at DBiaseLOE, or yesterday, the entire podcast, I talked about Jalen Hurts and uh, what that pick means, why I still don't like it, and I also had on on the podcast yesterday Ross Jackson of Locked On Saints in segment two to talk about if they're going to use him in the Taysom Hill role you know how should they utilize him with Carson Wentz in the field at the same time is it worth it Um, how much of that was part of the decision picking Jalen Hurts in the second round and also if that's going to be a trend moving forward in the NFL so if you're anti-Jalen Hurts still with that pick not the player but the pick um, then I think you will agree with my stance on the podcast yesterday. And you can find that on any podcast platform. As for today, I want to talk about the players that are actually going to play. And I guess that's kind of frustrating, and it makes me more upset about the Hurts pick just saying that because, again, best-case scenario, your second-round pick, 53rd overall, doesn't play. Still gets me going. But for today, we're going to talk about the Eagles' first-round pick. They actually, guys, I know we forget, but they made a pick that most of us loved at 21st overall, bringing in TCU wide receiver Jalen Rager, the guy that's actually going to make an impact in 2020, and that's actually going to help Carson Wentz moving forward. You know, still the franchise quarterback, the guy that, although a lot of people are saying different right now, and maybe the Eagles are considering moving on from Wentz in a couple years, I think that's all nuts, and I think Carson Wentz is still going to be here for a very, very long time, and I think he's going to be throwing to Jalen Rager for a very long time. I think he fits Wentz's skill set perfect. This is a player that's an all-around complete wide receiver with wide receiver one upside. I mean, crazy hops for somebody that's, what, 5'11", elite run after the catch ability and deep speed. Yeah, no one ran a, f- a faster uh, play than him, even on the NFL level last year. He ran, I think it was like 23 miles an hour on a play against SMU. No NFL wide receiver or running back got to that speed last year. Even running uh, quarterback, got to give our boy Lamar Jackson a shout out there. But very excited about the Jalen Rager selection. And today I wanted to get a little bit more of an inside look at Rager and his time at TCU. What kind of player are the Eagles getting on and off the field? I sat down with Fort Worth Star-Telegram TCU beat reporter Drew Davison. And we'll get into that discussion on segment two. But again, I want to talk about the players that are actually going to impact this Eagles roster in 2020. I know the quarterback position is the most important. It's the most polarizing. But, again, for for this year, I think the Eagles draft class in 2020 is really going to help them. And it starts with Jalen Rager. That's the thing. Like When we stop thinking about the Jalen Hurts pick and we stop getting upset about it, and we, we can be upset about it. You know, Both things are separate. Um, believing the Eagles are going to be really good this year and hating the Hurts pick, like those are independent from each other. But... When we focus on the other, like this Eagles 2020 roster around Carson Wentz is vastly improved on offense at wide receiver, bringing in Rager, uh, bringing in Marquise Goodwin, John Hightower, Quez Watkins, getting Deshaun Jackson healthy again, you know, having Miles Sanders in year two, keeping your offensive line intact, grabbing some young depth out of Auburn, grabbing both tackles in Driscoll and and Gabway, and then you flip the script on defense. I mean, you look through free agency, what this team did. You finally have your CB1 and Darius Slay. You bring in Will Parks and Jalen Mills at safety. Javon Hargrave, you're adding on the inside with 
with Fletcher Cox. I mean, that's absolutely crazy. You've got upside in Jatavis Brown and Davian Taylor at linebacker. Although I'm not happy with the Malcolm Jenkins move, the Jalen Hurts move, um, I would love to have a guy like Jason Peters still in that locker room and Nigel Bradham. I think overall, again, I don't like everything Howie Roseman did so far this offseason. But I think overall, he improved the roster on both sides of the football. Again, I can hate the Jalen Hurts decision. I can hate the Malcolm Jenkins decision. But this team on defense in the secondary is better. I think they're going to be better at linebacker, even with Nigel Bradham gone. I think Jatavis Brown and Davian Taylor will be better than what they had last year. I think their front four is way better with Javon Hargraves and Malik Jackson coming back. And then on offense, like you surrounded Carson Wentz with four three burners. In two elite tight ends, and to me, what's going to be an elite running back in Miles Sanders. Oh, and by the way, the best offensive line in football. So this is still a Philadelphia Eagles football team in 2020 that, yeah, they were retooling this year. There's a lot of turnover on both sides of the ball. But they're still, if healthy, and that's a huge if, obviously, through the last three years. But if healthy, this is, to me, still a top team in the NFC. And that's always going to be the case if Carson Wentz is your quarterback, if you ask me. So that's what I want to focus on here moving forward. Obviously, I reevaluated the Jalen Hurts pick yesterday. You can check out that podcast on any platform or on LockdownEagles.com. But today, I'm going to talk about Jalen Rager with Drew Davison because I'm really, really excited to see Carson Wentz throwing to Rager in 2020 and moving forward. All right, so let's get into that discussion coming up next right here on Lockdown Eagles. We've got to hit one more break, and then we'll get into it. Fort Worth Star-Telegram TCU beat reporter Drew Davison joining me to talk about what the Eagles have in first-round pick Jalen Rager. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Guys, if you're like me, you probably start thinking about what to eat for dinner while you're eating lunch. I love food. That's why I love using Postmates. But I kind of love them even more right now because I can get food delivered without leaving the house or even opening the door. Given what's going on in the world right now with COVID-19, they've created non-contact deliveries. So now when I order from local restaurants, everything gets left right outside my door. They also have Postmates Pickup, which I've been using to order takeout from my favorite local restaurants. Listen up. You guys need to be supporting your neighborhood spots right now. I've only been ordering local because it's a great way to support the community. And Postmates doesn't just deliver burgers and sushi. They actually make my life easier by picking up everything I need from Walgreens and 7-Eleven and dropping it off again right outside my door. All you have to do, download the Postmates app on iOS or Android, find your favorites, and get anything you want delivered within the hour. For a limited time, Postmates is giving our Lockdown Eagles listeners $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days. To start your free deliveries, download the app and use the promo code LOCKDOWNNFL. That's promo code LOCKDOWNNFL for $100 of free delivery credits for your first seven days when you download the Postmates app. Anything you need, anytime you need it, Postmate it. All right, everybody, welcome back into Lockdown Eagles, segment two of this Wednesday edition. Now joining me on the show, he is a beat reporter for TCU Athletics, Fort Worth Star-Telegram's beat reporter, Drew Davison. You can follow him on Twitter, at Drew Davison, getting a deeper look at the Eagles' 21st overall pick, TCU wide receiver Jalen Rager. Drew, there's been so much talk about the Eagles' second-round pick, Jalen Hurts, but Rager is the one that will impact this team the most in 2020 at wide receiver, a position they needed so desperately in 2019, and especially the kind of receiver that Jalen Rager is. And what kind of receiver is he, Drew? What are the Eagles getting in Rager? Well, I think every team's looking for that home run threat, that playmaker Mm -hmm. who can make things happen. Uh, And Jalen Rager fits that bill. I mean, he's a guy with the ball in in his hands. He doesn't need much space to to make big things happen. He's an electric playmaker. Uh, For TCU, I would say he was kind of their version of Tyreek Hill. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, he's uh, 
whether it's the quick screen pass or, or going to him deep on the outside, you know, he, he was a guy who could win the 50-50 ball, but he could also uh, beat you with speed and, and some quickness. So he, he ran a disappointing 40-yard dash for his standards at the combine, uh, but certainly his game speed and his film speed uh, speak for itself. So I think he's a guy uh, who's really going to add that type of dimension for the Eagles. I was going to say, Drew, I mean, I watched the tape and then the combine, and it just it doesn't add up at all. And I think that's why people listening shouldn't always put too much stock in the NFL combine because, I don't know, I mean, you watched him more than most. I felt like his calling card was, you know, deep speed down the field, run after the catchability, and that is what the Eagles were so desperate for. I mean, really since they lost to Sean Jackson the first time in 2014. Right, no question. And at the combine, you know, he showed up a little bit heavier, uh, you know, five, sure. six pounds. I don't know if, if his agent wanted him to be at 205, 206, or, or whatnot, or, or just him at over 200. But uh, so that might have been a little bit of the reason. But yeah, like you said, at the end of the day, his his speed speaks for itself on the field. And, and you know, there's been, uh, you know, social media posts that of how fast he was running mm-hmm. on some of those plays, especially a, a little fly route in the uh, 2017 Alamo Bowl where he went 90-some-odd yards mm-hmm. for a touchdown. But, you know, he, he's a receiver. He can play outside. You know, he's, he's not the tallest, but, you know, he's got a 40-plus-inch vertical. Uh, every 50-50 ball I saw in two years of covering TCU, he was able to win uh, or at least play defensive back and make sure it didn't turn into an yeah. interception. So he, he brings that. Uh, but, you know, he, he, he's probably comfortable running, you know, routes out of the slot as well, but, uh, you know, I do think uh, he's going to be that vertical threat that can take a top off the defense, and, you know, especially if Philly's playing 12 personnel with the two tight ends, sure. and defenses have to bring extra guys down in the box, uh, you know, I'm sure they'd love that matchup or that potential matchup of Rager one-on-one with the DB. Well, that's what's so enticing about this offense now with Rager, Deshaun Jackson, Zach Ertz, and Dallas Goddard. I love that you brought up 12 personnel because if you stack the box, I mean, Rager and Jackson over top, but then if you go, if you make sure you have your bases covered deep, I mean, that's going to open up things for Ertz and Goddard across the middle. But Drew, and of course, like that's the calling card for Rager. It's a huge reason they took him over somebody like Justin Jefferson out of LSU at pick 21. But as you have uh, mentioned a few times already in this interview, you know, this is a player that while he's under six feet I mean I love what he said in his interview with the Eagles the night he got drafted he's a guy that plays like he's 6'4 and it's so apparent the contested ability you know down the field and in the red zone too he didn't have what I don't think he dropped a, a pass in the red zone so I feel like Drew this is a guy that is an overall complete receiver yeah I certainly agree and, and you know I think it, his upbringing you know his dad being the son of an NFL player you mm-hmm. know his dad really kind of honed him and raised him to kind of have that professional type mindset and kind of, you know, carry that swagger, so to speak, that, you know, you kind of like seeing from your receiver. So, right. um, yeah, in, in, in the red zone, he certainly feels like he should be uh, winning those, but the ball should be going his way and, and he'll come down and, and make sure they get six uh, in, in those situations. And another thing I know the Eagles liked was his ability in the return game. So that's not something to be overlooked as well as, you know, he, he can make plays and, and, make, and get to the end zone uh, in the return game as well. You know, he took two punts back last season. So uh, he adds that dimension, too. So not only 
what he brings offensively, but special teams-wise, he, he can be a game-changer as well for him. Yeah, that's huge, too, and the Eagles really haven't had that since Darren Sproles was healthy, you know, like five years ago. Um, Rager, to me, Drew, I don't know, I, I don't want to say he's ever going to reach this ceiling, but... You know, for a guy under six feet that has that blazing speed return ability, but also can go up and just pluck the ball out of the air, you know, high point passes draped in coverage. I don't like using NFL comparisons a lot for prospects. I think it's kind of unfair at times. But for me, he's got a little Odell Beckham in him. Is there an NFL comp that makes sense for you with Rager? Yeah, well, you know, like I said, I think kind of, uh, uh, you know, Jalen at least, you know, enjoys watching uh, Tyreek Hill and, right. and he'll throw up the deuces. Uh, I was going to say he's got his uh, touchdown Hill. celebration, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, so uh, you know, certainly, and you can see similarities in their game and, and in terms of, you know, just being elusive and, and being a home run throw with the ball in his hands. But, you know, I, I do agree that, you know, he can go high point the ball with the best of them. And, and you know, he had – Obviously, a great vertical jump at the combine, and that just kind of shows his explosion. So, um, I, I do kind of see, you know, him being uh, uh, kind of a combination of, of some different guys. And I'm actually drawing a blank. The, the 49ers receiver, uh, uh, Brandon, I you know, he, he has, or I'm sorry, uh, from last year, Debo Samuel. Yeah, yeah, Debo Samuel. Uh, <laughs> yeah, sorry, drew, drew no, blank. Okay. But yeah, Debo Samuel. I, I, you know, I, I've seen guys compare him to him, and I think that's a pretty fair comparison as well. So let me ask you, how bad, I mean, because this was a lot of talk when the Eagles took him, you know, some people were pointing to the drops, but others were pointing to the quarterback situation he had over the past couple of years, especially in 2019. How bad, specifically last year, was his situation on offense, specifically at quarterback? I mean, how much did that hamper him compared to, let's say, you know, prospects like Justin Jefferson who had Joe Burrow throwing to him or, you know, Henry Ruggs and Jerry Judy got Tua throwing to him or, you know, CeeDee Lamb with Jalen Hurts? Was that something that held back Rager last year? Well, you, you know, I think it's kind of twofold. Uh, to an extent, yes, it did. Uh, you know, starting a true freshman quarterback who, you know, he's got a high ceiling. So, you know, it looks mm-hmm. like he's got – some good potential so uh, but uh, clearly he went through the growing pains uh, that you would expect a, a true freshman to go through starting his first game from going from the high school level uh, right into major college football but uh, I think Jalen would also say you know he 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 did drop some passes that you know he should have caught a few more balls uh, so you know I, I would say you know that there's kind of uh, you, you can look at either side of it and it, there's probably the truth somewhere lies in the middle, but, you know, certainly in 2018, uh, one of of the remarkable things was TCU started four different quarterbacks or played four different quarterbacks and he still had a thousand yard season. So, uh, you know, he's never really had that elite, elite level quarterback like Carson Wentz, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, yet. So it it should be intriguing to see kind of where his ceiling and, and how much growth he has when he has, uh, better quarterback play. Yeah, crazy how much instability. I mean, Rager's faced there over the past couple of years at quarterback. You know, of course, in the Big 12, not always the best defenses, so sometimes prospects that play in that conference, Drew, maybe, I don't know, are under-evaluated or, I don't know, like underrated because of their situation or maybe sometimes overrated. It, not just like receivers, but, you know, I remember at quarterback with Patrick Mahomes, a lot of people said, well, because of the conference he played in, you know, that's something you have to take into account. But, you know, you obviously covering TCU for the Fort Worth Star-Telegram, I mean, you've seen 
when he went up against teams like Ohio State, how do you think Rager fa- fared against you know defenses like that? Where you look at the Buckeyes, that secondary, uh, Okuda and Armet uh, were Arnett were first round picks this year. Yeah, you know, I, I think he's you know fared pretty well, and and it is hard to judge because you know it's like what was he open with a quarterback? Could he throw him open, so to mm-hmm. speak, uh, as a common phrase? So. You know, he did hold his own, and, you know, speaking of that, I would point to him just every day in practice going against Jeff Gladney. That's what I was going to ask you, yeah. <laughs> so, so you know, he, he's gone against high, high-level uh, competition every day in practice, but, you know, th- there's no question he, he's held his own against some of the top receivers, or, excuse me, top cornerbacks in the country and, and faced some of the top ones uh, throughout his career. And, and, you know, I know the Big 12 uh, – you know, I guess Gladney was probably their best cornerback this mm-hmm. year. Uh, so he obviously saw him every day in practice. But uh, certainly he, he's faced a lot of speed in practice, gone against a lot of speed uh, throughout his career. Last one for you, Drew, here. I want to go back to the quarterback play at TCU and with Jalen Rager. You know, a, diff- a more difficult situation compared to other prospects at this, um, you know, in this prospect pool. The Eagles – They've had, I think it was a receiver, but the past couple of years they've had anonymous player sources, you know, talk about Carson Wentz behind his back to the media, again, anonymously. And that's like a top-tier quarterback in the NFL. With Rager, how do you think he dealt with, you know, that quarterback play and that instability over the past couple of years, maybe off the field too? Like what kind of, what kind of guy are they getting in Jalen Rager? Uh, yeah, you know, I, he, he's a team guy. I don't think he'll be a cancer, uh-huh. uh, so to speak. I mean – uh, I'm sure he was disappointed and, and frustrated at times last season because he went into it feeling like he would have a chance to win the Bolitnikoff Award right. as the nation's top receiver, and obviously the passing game struggled to get going. It, TC really kind of had what I would say just the speed bump offense. You know, every time it seemed like they were getting going, they hit a speed bump and and kind of have to go back to square one and restart it, then hit another speed bump and. So it just never really got into a rhythm. But, uh, you know, at least publicly, you know, J- Jalen, you know, held his own. And, and, and you know, it, despite the obvious frustrations of mm-hmm. not having the year he wanted. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, like I said, you know, coming from uh, or, or being the son of an, a former NFL player, I, you know, J- Jalen knows how to handle his business and, and make sure he has his priorities straight. For sure. Great stuff here. Fort Worth Star-Telegram TCU beat reporter Drew Davison. You can follow him on Twitter, at Drew Davison. Uh, awesome stuff, man. Thank you so much for coming on the Lockdown Eagles podcast today. You made me even more excited about this first-round pick again. All the talk has been about, of course, the quarterback that they took in the second round in Jalen Hurts, but I think Rager is going to be huge for this football team in, in 2020 and moving forward. All right. Sounds good. I appreciate you having me on. All right, awesome stuff there with Drew Davison, the TCU beat reporter for the Fort Worth Star-Telegram. Made me really, really excited about Jalen Rager. Already was, but you hear the stand-up guy he is both on and off the field. I mean, he had to deal with, what what do you say, four different quarterbacks in 2018, still had an incredible season, and then last year, you know, playing with a true freshman and still made plays, still was open, what, 70% of the time uh, on passing plays. So this is an explosive, deep-speed guy that's a, a 
dangerous threat run after the catch. I love that he talked about how uh, Rager uses Tyreek's Hill, you know, Deuce's sign for touchdown celebrations because he was blown by defenses just like Tyreek Hill. But he's got that, you know, for a guy under six feet, he's got that Odell Beckham contested ability. I mean, the dude's got bunnies, just, you know, to say it straight. I mean, he's got hops. And uh, he's such an exciting prospect for me. And I just think fits exactly what this Eagles offense needed so much more than somebody like Justin Jefferson. I mean, I love what he said about in 12 personnel when you have Jalen Rager out there and Deshaun Jackson and then Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard inside and Miles Sanders at running back. If you're going to make sure you have two safeties over top to stop Rager and Jackson, that's going to open up things for Ertz and Goddard, you know, one-on-one. And in the screen game, too, with Miles Sanders. Or if you want Sanders now lined up with, you know, a guy in the middle as a receiver because we saw how good he was in that area last year too I mean it's uh, 12 personnel next year is going to be extremely dangerous and then you add all the other speed the Eagles got this year I am really excited about the Jalen Rager selection before we wrap up this edition of Locked on Eagles, I want to get into a little more news. So yesterday, the Eagles took care of one of their own, placing the fifth-year option on defensive end Derek Barnett. As for today, they're bringing back another player, young player, that... Another member of the 2017 draft class wasn't drafted, but came in as an undrafted free agent that made, just like Derek Barnett, a huge play in Super Bowl 52, if not another huge play and another one and another one. It's running back Corey Clement. Philadelphia agreed to a new one-year contract with Clement this year. They uh, He was a restricted free agent. They decided not to tender him, so he became an unrestricted free agent. Went out there, didn't find anything he really liked. Comes back here on a one-year deal, and... I really love this move, obviously just for nostalgic purposes. I mean, this is a Super Bowl hero. This is a legend forever with the Philadelphia Eagles, even if it was only one game. I mean, Corey Clement had 100 receiving yards against the New England Patriots in the Super Bowl and made one of the most mind-numbing, I mean, just like jaw-dropping, I'm looking for the words. It was speechless, honestly. I was left speechless like I am now when Nick Foles put that ball in triple coverage and Corey Clement in the back of the end zone finds a way to bring that pass in. And I think it was still a catch uh, 100% in the new what-is-a-catch NFL era. But I think for right now, he still, although he's he didn't reach the ceiling we thought he would have suddenly after Super Bowl 52. I thought it was going to be, you know, Jay Ajayi, Corey Clement, that's your one-two punch moving forward. Um, he didn't really meet that, but a lot of it was because he's just never been able to stay healthy. I still think he's the perfect running back three behind Miles Sanders and, you know, Boston Scott or running back 2A, 2B. And I love that trio. Even if they don't add a veteran, which the report is, they still are considering signing a veteran too. And that could be, you know, LaShawn McCoy, Devonta Freeman, Carlos Hyde, Lamar Miller. It's going to be a running back by committee behind Miles Sanders. And what I love about everybody behind Sanders and including Sanders is they're all multidimensional. I love that 2017 running back class, but with the Eagles, I should say, their, their depth chart with Ajayi, Blunt, and Clement. But one thing was, like, you knew Ajayi was, although he was the most complete back, he was your power back with LeGarrette Blunt, and then, you know, on third downs, Corey Clement was your guy. Here, with Miles Sanders, with Boston Scott, with Corey Clement, if you were to bring in a Devonta Freeman or a LaShawn McCoy, I still think those guys have enough left in the tank to be, you know, a weapon in the backfield, not just a running back. And that's what I love, because it, it gets rid of that predictability, um, and again, with, with Clement, I think it has less to do with performance the past couple of years and more to do just with injuries. I mean, he, he has not been able to stay healthy. And if he does, I think he can pick up right where he left off at the end of 2018. He was 
pretty inconsistent. He struggled a lot at the start of the 2018 season, but he really did get going in the second half. You know, he became lethal in the screen game again. Him and Wentz really started hooking up in the receiving game again, like they did in 2017. And then, of course, he has another injury. And then this year, I think part of it, too, with Clement was Darren Sproles has took that role back in 2018 and in 2019. So last year, to start off the year, he's buried, you know, in the depth chart. He's the fourth running back behind Sanders, Jordan Howard, and Sproles. And then he gets hurt again with a shoulder injury and gets put on IR. So it's just been a lot of unluck for Clement the, the past couple years. He's, he's just simply been unlucky. Um, but if he is healthy this year, I think he's a, a perfect, you know, third running back. And I wouldn't be surprised, honestly. I don't know if he'll ever meet that performance level he was at in 2017. But if he gets close, I wouldn't be surprised eventually if he... I don't know if he would take back the role that now Boston Scott has. But if you see more of a 50-50 split behind Sanders with Scott and maybe another veteran, I wouldn't be surprised by that at all. If they give Clement a chance, though, that's the thing. It's kind of like Nate Sudfeld, the quarterback. The Eagles just... And, of course, it's different at quarterback because you don't want Sudfeld to ever play. But if he does, I mean, last year they didn't give him a chance. It was Josh McCown, and before that it was Nick Foles. And the same thing here with the Eagles and Corey Clement was last year and the year before they were using Darren Sproles in that role, and they drafted Miles Sanders in the second round to eventually take over as that type of running back. So I'm not sure if he's going to see an opportunity to be RB2 or RB3, depending on still how much they believe in Boston Scott and let's see who else they sign here but right now if you headed into the 2020 season with Miles Sanders Boston Scott and Corey Clement I'm cool with that Um, I I think Clement can still be a very good player one thing I would like to see out of him and maybe this has to do with the injuries I have no idea but I think get back to that playing weight he was at in 2017 he bulked up clearly in 2018 and 2019 and I think he lost a little bit of that explosiveness so I think if he can get down his playing weight back to where he was playing in 2017 I think that'll help for him as well but again I think this is a fan favorite I just love having him on the roster especially seeing you know from a fan perspective because you see so many players from that Super Bowl roster now that are you know they're going and if they're not gone yet they're aging and maybe they're on their final season or two or or we don't like them anymore in the in the, uh, the case of Alshon Jeffrey. So to have number 30 back, at least for another year, I think that's really cool because this is, again, a legend in Philadelphia Eagles history forever. Even if he's only a, an RB4 for the rest of his days here, um, no matter what, he caught 100 receiving yards in the Super Bowl in a win for the Eagles' first championship ever. So... Love them. Fan favorite. I'm glad this was the reunion that they went with so far. I'm still hoping for the other one with LaShawn McCoy. But again, if they bring in, Adam Kaplan said they're still expected to sign a veteran. Devonta Freeman I'd be cool with. Carlos Hyde is, what, coming off a 1,000-yard season. But Houston doesn't want him because they (laughs) traded DeAndre Hopkins for David Johnson. Still funny. Uh, And then Lamar Miller, another former Houston Texans running back available. So those are four other names to consider after the Clement signing is LaShawn McCoy, Devonta Freeman, Carlos Hyde, uh, and Lamar Miller. But again, Miles Sanders is going to be your bow cow next year. He's your Christian McCaffrey. And uh, with Boston Scott right now and Corey Clement behind him and even Elijah Holifield, I love the youth at the running back position. All right, that's going to do it for today's edition of the Lockdown Eagles podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thanks again to Drew Davison, TCU beat reporter for the Fort Worth Star-Telegram. Uh, if you want more 
coverage. And, you know, he's had some awesome things to say about Jalen Rager, not only on this podcast, but on Twitter. Follow him on Twitter, at Drew Davison. You never know, again, when the Eagles might uh, dip in the TCU prospect pool again, you know, down the road. Because it wasn't just Rager that went in the first round this year uh, for the Horned Frogs. It was also Jeff Gladney. Follow us on Twitter, at DiBiaseLOE or at Gino underscore LOE. And to subscribe to the podcast, just search Lockdown Eagles on any platform, you know, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, you name it, we're available. And, of course, on LockedOnEagles.com. Louis DiBiase here signing off as always. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for listening. And let's go, Birds.